0: Straw Hut Media. Welcome back to American Badass.
1: This is part two with our conversation with Bruce Dern. Here's Michael. Welcome back to American Badass. Uh, this is my first episode of the show ever, actually. And today's guest is actor Bruce Dern. You know, I class Bruce as a legend. And uh, Bruce and I spoke about what it means to be real. And it's hard to describe, but uh, we all feel it and recognize it when we see actors being real. And Bruce and I, having worked with Quentin, we know he's always looking for what's real and gives actors the space to create those moments. And that's what's so great about them both. What's pretty amazing is that Bruce has actually coined a term after his acting because his particular moments have actually been named, which is pretty incredible in itself. Um, They're called Dernsies. And uh, those Dernsies obviously aren't in the original script, along with a lot of things I've said along the way. In fact, I heard that Dernsey's was originally uh, spoke by uh, Jack Nicholson. Anyway, because they both evolve spontaneously. And in many ways, they are one of the reasons why directors love to work with Bruce. And that's definitely true for Quentin. And I bet many others. Looking back at where Bruce started, However, it's no surprise. Because Bruce is a part of the Actor Studio alumni, and for those of you out there listening, the Actor's Studio was truly a birthplace of great actors. It was founded by Ilya Kazan, Robert Lewis, and Cheryl Crawford, and later on, uh, led by Lee Strasberg, and brought forward some of the best actors of all time, including Marilyn Monroe, Marlon Brando, and another one of them, for instance, is Harvey Keitel, who is godfather to my son, Max. Harvey's another friend of mine who I've worked with on Reservoir Dogs when he played Mr. White, and he was wonderful in that
0: picture. I was one week in a school in Philadelphia where I quit college to go and find a school. And I realized after one, one week, there were three things you had to do. One, you had to go to New York. Two, you had to try and become a member of the Actor's Studio. And three, you had to work for Mr. Kazan. Those were the three things. So anyway, later on, I did that. And here I am. And they said, since you have no acting experience, and since you have no bad habits yet, we would like to do something with you. I don't think even Stanislavski did with a student. We would like you to work as often as you can in front of us as many times as you can get on. I said, the lists are forever. I mean, I... And Gadge said, put his hand over his mouth and turned to me, and he says, erase names. <laughs> so I go to the chart and I say, I put me down. But anyway, and I said, and, and what's going to happen? We would like you for one year to do scenes in which you never have an obligation to dialogue. So for one year, Michael, every scene I did in the studio, I was a silent partner. So <laughs> oh, what they God. did was they. They trained me to behave from me. Yeah, And that's, and when I, when Gads put me on the plane to come to California, then two and a half years later, uh, he said, look, when you get out there, nobody's gonna know who the fuck you are. You're not a conventional leading man. You know, you're gonna, he's the first one to use that comment to me. He says, you're gonna be the fifth cowboy from the right. So you understand that you better be the most honest, unique fifth cowboy from the right anybody ever saw. And number two, don't ever, ever tell a director what you're going to do before take one.
1: Ah, oh, God, and, Bruce, you know what? I, I do said, the same damn thing. I said, how do I the get away with that? You're the fifth cowboy from the right that, get the away right with that, that, that. killed John Wayne. He, I mean, how how many Fifth Cowboys from the right got to do that?
0: (laughs) How am I going to get away with that? And he said, it's simple. The director has something you'll never have. I said, what's that? Take two. So make (laughs) sure yours gets recorded. (laughs) That's true. uh, That the
1: second one, yeah. For
0: safety. So so that's why. The day that we were on, I think you were over at your table writing your little novel about yourself in The Hateful Eight. Yeah. When uh, I was doing a scene with uh, uh, Channing Tatum. Yeah. And he, w- he was going to kill me maybe, uh, who knows. And I added a couple of things, which are call Dernsies. <laughs> and uh, Quentin always encouraged me to do that. And after I did it the first time, Both Kurt, not Tim Roth, he was thinking about it, but Kurt raised his hand and out loud. He said, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Quentin said, he says, why is he allowed to say stuff that isn't on the page? (laughs) Yeah. And Quentin said, wait a second. That's why he's here. Right. Right. And I'll tell you what Mr. Kazan said in his book about him. I'll tell you what Alexander Payne will tell you. Even Mr. Hitchcock would tell you if he were here. Nobody can write the shit that comes out of his mouth when the switch is on. That's why he doesn't rehearse. That's why he'll rehearse it, but he'll never act until it's recorded. And and Kurt said to him, but I, I can do that. And Tim was almost next to him. He said, I, I, we can do that. Sure, Tim. He said, no, yeah. Incidentally, I've had each year in five movies and you can't do that. <laughs> I remember the and look was, on his know, face. He dropped on the floor <laughs> yes, was... he, and I had to do it one more time because they laughed over it. But, and, uh, <laughs> Quinn, Quinn turned to Kurt and he said, that's what I mean. Wow. So now we go to once upon a time in Hollywood where I went up to his house on Easter Sunday afternoon to read the script so he could not watch me, but he was watching me anyway. You know, you've been there. And uh, he was in his den, and I was out on the patio reading the script. And he cut me off. He said, where are you in the script? And I said, well, I'm about the point where uh, Brad Pitt is going on a ride with a girl. And he said, well, put it down and come in here. I went in there. And he was watching me in my episode of Lancer (laughs) on the TV. And he had six of my, uh, uh, you know, um, that I did with, uh, you know, Lee Majors and uh, Barbara Stanwell. was a big valley. Yeah. And he had six episodes of that. I love that show. I said, you prick, you, you, you do your homework. And he said, you know what, Bruce? When I first came here, I came here kind of trying to be an actor. And I wanted to do what you and Jack Nicholson were doing. And uh, I had never had a long talk with him. We used to have a lunch maybe twice a year at Musso's, which went on five hours. But uh, they were all just like you and I are talking. Now, I get on the set and I had never met Brad Pitt. And uh, I'd met Leo two or three times uh, because he was up for awards the same year I was for Nebraska. Mm-hmm. He was up for a million, whatever that, about the Wall Street guy, right. million dollar, whatever it was. Anyway, so I, I got remember. to know him a little bit there, and I knew his dad because his dad was a big animal lover and a big and a gypsy boots guy. and. Uh, Echo, Echo, Echo Park and uh, Silver Lake, you know. So the And the dad had hair down to his crack. You know, I mean, he <laughs> had hair like like our, our cinematographer. It was at least that long. <laughs> and, but he had it in a ponytail. So I get on the set and Quentin said, hi, Brad. I met Brad. And he said, now look. And Brad said, well, let's rehearse. And I said, let's just rehearse the dialogue. And he says, well, Aren't you going to get into it? No. And he looked at Quentin immediately, and Quentin said, "No, he's not. He'll just rehearse the dialogue. Yeah. So we rehearsed the dialogue three or four times, and then we started the scene. Mm-hmm. Well, he shakes me to finally wake me up, and the first thing I say to him is, "I, I, I-, I-, I- I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on." Brad laughed. Oh, God. Clinton cut the camera. Yeah, yeah. Said, right. wh- and laughed and then couldn't say anything. Right. And uh, Clinton said, Brad, don't ever cut a camera on me again as long as you live. Oh, he really? said, I yeah. did. You
1: did. Well, you remember he said, you, Tim, you did. Tim did
0: that he on said, April 8th, he, he, said, he said to Clinton, he said, but Clinton, that's not in the script. Oh, he okay. said, no yeah. shit. He said, that's why he's here. Yeah. And that's what I tried to tell everybody every time they say, why is he allowed to do that? Mm -hmm. Because he did that. He said, well, it was perfect. It was right. He said, then why did you laugh? Why didn't you just go on? He said, my God, this is bad. I realize now what he's been doing all this time he does what comes to him, mm-hmm. but stays in the vernacular. Yeah. And Quentin said, yes. So now we started again and uh, same thing. And uh, I, I go through the couple of things about, I don't know who the fuck you are and so forth and so on. And then <clears throat> I said to Quentin now, uh, I never tell Quentin what it was. I just said, now uh, you're going to get some Guernseys in this beginning. He said, You can write better than what I did. I said, Well, if I can't, you gotta take two, right? And he laughed and so yeah. So he picks me up kind of and I get very close to his face and I'm you know and he holds me next to his face and I said, You know, this is where the Dernsey star the 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 Quinn line was, you know, I don't know who the fuck you are and that's his line and then the Dernsey is But you know something? You did something for me today that really touched me. And I'm grateful to you for it because you came to see me. That's a Dernsey. It's in the movie just that way. When I was done, Brad Pitt got, he was standing up by then because he's leaving, comes back in the room, picks me off the fucking bed like a two-way week-old baby. In his arms, kisses me on the cheek, and he said, "Thank you." He said, "That's the best lesson I've ever heard." There's nothing wrong with following your own instincts. I said, "But if you can't do it, be Alex Trebek." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and
1: go get Why was, did you? And, and, you and, know how many times I've said that to people who, uh, commenting about my whatever I'm doing. Oh yeah. You know, Michael. You know, the Michael. Thing, can you try you it know, a different uh, way? Why don't you call Alex you know, Trebek? I'm sorry. I said the same thing has been said to me. The Alex Trebek thing. How many times have I been on a movie and I'm doing whatever I do, and someone will say, "Michael, you know, uh, can you do that again, but like a little bit less, uh, little less right. this?" Or, and I'll say, "Well, if you wanted that, then maybe you should have called Alex Trebek." <laughs> and, and the other story you told me about. Well, I mean, no, that's
0: shows. the
1: whole point. That's the whole point of it. It's like, that's why did why you guys I call was me?
0: so lucky. At the very beginning, I got taught that it's okay to do the be, deal with ah. the behavior before the dialogue. I
1: never, I never did the dance scene in Reservoir Dogs. I never rehearsed it, it a single time until the day we oh, shot really? it. And Quentin never made me do it. Every time we got to that point. A rehearsal, I would say, look.
0: Well, that's the first you, time I really. I don't know uh, what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I was aware of how good you were, or I'd seen you other times, but never featured like that, where you were a star of the movie, you know. And uh, what I noticed in, in Reservoir Dogs was you were always there, even when the camera wasn't on you. <laughs> but you were. Yeah. A background or something. Well, say hello to the general in the fucking chair. I had eleven dialogue words in a fucking movie, but I'll tell you this: there was a lot of people wondered what the general was all about because he never said shit. But yeah, his behavior. You were
1: very, very mysterious, man. And that's what I dug about you.
0: You, you were the same way. I mean, we never knew and and my back was to you yeah. but i was never afraid of your character because you were legit because the character for me as i look back at the movie um i thought i was very real you are very real every time you're on the screen but i uh i i uh i i like quentin because i love him no matter what it is, he's looking for honesty. He's looking for real behavior. But secondly, no, you, Michael Madsen, are an extremely important voice in this industry. Until the day you quit, and after that, unfortunately, like me, you'll become even more important because we're leaving some shit out there they won't forget.
1: Wow, that's quite a, quite a statement, Bruce. I I I, I, I respect you, and I love you. I love you. you Goddamn it! I, I... Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Haha, uh-huh, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do
1: I have to say? Yes, you do.
0: In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes.
1: Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You could get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now.
0: Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I would look over at you certain days. <laughs> and uh see you there. And um, it's what makes the texture to your character. I told Quinn this when I saw the movie. I said, the thing about Michael is he looks like he feels he doesn't belong. And that's an individual showing us a malevolence that might be there. And if we tap it, get out of town <laughs> because he's going to clean the street. Uh-huh. And uh, he said, well, that's that's what I get from him. He is the silent guy. In other words, I said, well, he's, he's like Spencer Tracy without being Spencer Tracy. I don't know if Spencer Tracy was honest in his work or not. I do know that he uh, was very good in Judgment in Nuremberg. Yeah. And he made me believe that he was that guy. And uh, I, I don't have a lot of guys I can look back on. I'll leave you with this. I'll go to see a movie or I'll watch a movie on television, a whole movie for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. And if I see that moment, and that's why Michael Parks and other people fell in love with what they saw Jimmy Dean do, because he was a master of a moment.
1: You know, Michael Parks was originally supposed to be Bud and Kill Bill. Only
0: because he was Jimmy Dean. Yeah, he
1: looked exactly like him. It was scary. You was, know, I
0: mean, he so. would do shit didn't know that nobody, uh, Edna Ferber didn't write some of the shit he said in that movie.
1: He was supposed to be Bud in Kill Bill, and, uh, and Quentin, you know, asked me to play Bud, and I said sure. And he said, "Well, I got a big problem, Michael," and I said, well, "What would that be?" And he said, "Well, I already gave the part to Michael Parks, um, and but I'm I, now I have to tell him that it's going to be you because I want you to be uh, Bill's brother, Bud." and I said right. oh Quentin wow you know and what are you going to do and then he called me and he goes I got the perfect idea he goes I'm going to give Michael Parks two parts he can be the sheriff right. and then later on he's the guy in the in the in the, in the woman in the in the house of ill repute uh, where uh Uma goes looking for David and so Michael the the two times we met he he wasn't very fond of me I got the feeling uh, I think he really oh, wanted. I think he really wanted to play Bud, and and was disappointed when uh, it was traded to me. But oh. but but he's in. That's why he has two roles, and what a wonderful presence he has. But you nailed exactly what his whole thing was. You know. So I I want to wrap up talking to Bruce about um, what winning awards means to him, and in particular what it was like to receive his star on the Hollywood uh, Boulevard uh, Walk of Fame. Um, Because Bruce is not the only one in his family who has one, turns out he's in good company with his own daughter, Laura Dern, and his ex-wife, Diane
0: Led. I did do one thing, that Laura and her mother and I all got stars on Hollywood Boulevard the same day. Oh, fuck. And what we didn't know then... But we know now Laura and Diane Ladd and Bruce Dern are the only family in the history of Hollywood to all have stars on Hollywood Boulevard. There's plenty of other families, but never mother, father, child. I got to get one of those one of these days, my friend. And so he said to me. Uh anyway, when we got our star. That's a cool uh, story. That's a cool story. I had I had I had Joe uh Joe Dante presented me. Hmm. I love Joe. I've done a bunch of movies for him. He's a really good guy. Mm-hmm. And so uh he, he directed a movie I did called The Burbs with Tom Hanks and several uh, three mm-hmm. or four others I did, but he presented me. Uh Diane was presented by Della Reese. Oh, my and, goodness, from,
1: from Perry Mason.
0: Uh, Laura was presented by David Lynch. Oh so gosh. Gil Garcetti was then not the asshole. Well, he was the asshole when he's still an asshole. But he was <laughs> he was the guy who was the Hollywood city councilman.
1: Yeah, I remember.
0: So he, he says to me at the end of getting my star, he says, uh, um, well, Bruce, Um, what does this all mean to you? (laughs) And I had written a book four years earlier. Um, I think you read it. Didn't you read it or not? It didn't matter. It's called things I've said, but probably shouldn't have anyway. In the book, I end the book with the same thing I said to him. I said, you know what? What this says to me is side pissing off about 900 people standing out there. God knows why blocking traffic and wondering who these assholes are up there getting some kind of Mickey Mouse award. And uh, aside from that, I think what it means to me is that a bunch of folks got together and they said Bruce Dern could play. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all it ever meant to me. I don't want to be the best. I don't want to be this or that. Sure, I love awards. And uh, the other thing, I get a little embarrassed about being called a legend. Because when my generation first got here, we got a chance to work with the fucking legends. Trust yeah. me. Oh, you did. Uh, you know, you're on the, forget the about you're on Kelly, field, John
1: you're on Wayne. You Wayne you're on Sea You were on for Christ's sake. Than, you were in Route 66. Was, I mean, they were good. bigger Lord. than
0: life. They yeah. were bigger than life. Yeah. Because no one knew what they did after school.
1: That's because there was no internet. Nobody had cell phones.
0: And, and right. And the second thing is there was no TMZ um, they always encourage us to push the envelope. Yeah. And uh, nowadays, you know, you get them, I get them, Clint gets them, uh, you know, Bill got them before he went, Jack could get them, but he doesn't want to. So anyway, the the point is that it's, you can't be a legend today. Well, and it's, it's getting just complicated. The fact, what did you get here for? Yeah. I got here so folks uh, there would be a few folks that would remember I could bring it every time. I was and with, uh, that, I
1: was with Dennis Hopper when he got his star on the sidewalk and I went to the event I, when they gave it to De- to Dennis and you know he we're only right had about in two front weeks of the ready. W Hotel. He uh, only had about 2 weeks to live at that moment and I remember strangely we were making this movie. Where show. are you? I don't have one of those yet. Uh, I'm what? still No, I don't, Bruce. I, I hate to.
0: I, oh, my God. I, and, uh, you know, the fact that you're not on the boulevard is shameful and disgusting. Well, thank you, Bruce. I, I mean, cool I mean Pee Wee fucking Herman is on the boulevard. <laughs> you know,
1: Kermit the Frog.
0: Miss Vicky yeah, is on the oh boulevard. My God. Give yeah,
1: me a fucking. Jake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you Bruce, know. I, I, yeah. uh, <laughs> I remember talking anyway, to Dennis about two years before that. I am, I am so And he so says, proud. I'll never get one of those, man. And I said, Oh, you'll oh. get
0: one. Nah. I I, I am so proud to be a friend of yours, to be able to say I love you and I feel you feel the same about me yeah. and we still have shit that we can get done together. <laughs> You're fucking doing, right. Doing something. Yeah. yeah. No, above everything else, I revere you and respect you beyond anything you will ever give yourself credit <laughs> for and why? Because you are willing to gamble on yourself.
1: (laughs) When I can afford it. (laughs) And you think
0: you should be noticed. Well, I felt it all my career because of what I was trying to do. And it wasn't until Nebraska. And then what did they say? Who knew? oh my god and be happy and everybody i mentioned everybody i mentioned in your family particularly the stand-in for Jackie earl haley and dale locust <laughs> tell him that uh, uh tell them all that i am proud to know you and i'm proud the way your family has managed to stick together ah. mine did not
1: bruce i will give everybody your messages of course and
0: okay but i'll be very and,
1: happy to hear from and,
0: you and, Let's talk.
1: Yeah, God bless you, man.
0: Okay, bud, I love you, Michael. Bruce Peters. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Adios. Oh my gosh. Good Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, Bruce Dern on my show. American Badass. I hope you guys out there listening enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. I could talk for hours to Bruce about his experience and his life, and I guess for me, if there's only one thing to take away from our conversation, wherever you are, whatever you do, I hope it reminded you just how important it is to keep it real and people use it as a throwaway sometimes and I think that's too easy especially these days with social media but it's important and I think people like Bruce and Quentin are the living proof of this so thanks for listening on my next episode I'm going to be speaking to uh, uh, Tom Arnold also a great friend of mine we made a really funny Christmas picture together and I'm pretty excited about it. And I hope you'll come back and tune into American Badass. If you like the show, please uh, subscribe on Apple or Spotify and feel free to rate and review. I'd love to hear what you think or follow this podcast on social media. And uh, I hope you listen next week.